Hi, I'm Jennifer Wilde, and you're listening to Sober Exposure. If it's about recovery, we're going to cover it. It's like one big therapy session, but it's free. So thanks for joining our dysfunctional family as we uncover recovery with Sober Exposure. Let's go. All right, man, we got we got season two of Sober Exposure, episode one, and it's Jennifer Wilde. I'm so starstruck. So Richard Patrick, you are our first guest for episode two, or actually awesome. season two. Season two, yes. And Ooh. I was just talking to, first of all, can you hear the music we have in the background? Yes, I can. That's one of my, my, uh, my Moog jams. I love it. So this is Richard Patrick of the band Filter, amongst many other bands, many other projects. Um, movie score. Is that how you pronounce Is that what you would say? Score movie. movie they they would say I was a composer. A composer. OK, I, I whenever I do my credits, I'm always like music by Richard Patrick. It's 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 a lot. OK. Because All right. Sometimes I'm writing a song. Sometimes I'm writing. You know, it's not just movie score orchestral i don't i don't necessarily consider myself a big orchestra kind of composer yeah. as it right. right that's kind of snotty conservatory. Plus, um a lot of your songs have been in movies like i mean trip like i do how many i think that's been in a lot of movies that song that came out on the spawn soundtrack uh for the movie spawn okay yeah hey man no shots the 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 big yeah. one he that's that's in tons of movies yeah that's always yeah. getting work yeah that that, hey that song kind of did okay for you that was kind of welcome a, to a the big... old uh, gets yeah. a lot take a picture gets a lot yeah Trip like i gets a little bit it came out you know just for that soundtrack yeah yeah um all right, so I'm going to get a little personal here for one second. Um, I'm not coming here as Jennifer Wilde, the podcast host, or Jennifer Wilde, the disc jockey. I'm here as Jennifer Wilde, the fellow addict, and Jennifer Wilde, the fan. Mm -hmm. Now, we share Cleveland in common. Um, I was on WMMS. I was a DJ on WMMS right when you were recording Short Bus. And it was we spent a New Year's Eve together, 1995 into 96. And yeah. I went to the Cleveland Agora to go see the filter concert, the dude oh, that was the guitar player for nine inch nails to see his band perform. And you could tell me if this really happened because the nineties were a blur to me. Right. So, um, I think that I, I think that I had a really long conversation with your father. Now I remember you coming out on stage with a cast on your arm and like you were dressed real preppy. And I was like, Holy Fucking shit. What the hell is this? The old like, the, the express the uh the look was old man. <laughs> we were thrift store guys. We would go to like thrift stores and get like old man outfits. Exactly. Like you guys were dressed like Weezer before Weezer, you know, like exactly right. And it, that's funny, old man. I, I mean, it just wasn't like in the, back then everybody was like with the long hair and, and the flannels, and that just wasn't your look, you know? Yeah, yeah, we weren't. No, or the More sound, like but necessarily coming from that angle. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, you you rocked my ass off that night and instant fan. And I was like, I could see why this guy left Nine Inch Nails. And thank God he did, because 
holy shit, like I heard the song, it makes me want to stick my dick in your face. And I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was dose. And I uh, immediately got the record and was a huge fan uh, from from that day forward. But I mean, then I think that I, I definitely remember I met your brother. That's what I found out all about your brother and everything and who your brother was and all that connection. Um, but I think that I had a really long conversation with your father. Do you know if your dad was at that show, New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah. Cleveland? OK, everybody was at that show. And I and I remember waiting until midnight to come out like we waited until midnight to come out. And I just remember my parents being like, Richie, come on, get out on stage and just play. That's right. I was like, but I don't want to miss New Year's, you know? Yeah. Was, yeah. A, now, why did you have the broken arm? What was wrong with your arm? I tore a rotator, my rotator cuff, and I thought um, the best way to deal with it was just to put it into a sling and let it heal. But um, it never really healed. Um, and it did it did finally after I got off tour. But I used to throw my guitars all over the place and, yeah. it would, you know, my guitars are like eight pounds. You know, they're heavier than normal guitars. and um, I have them made that way. I have them made heavier. And um, I just like tore something. And But we we just, you know, we incorporated it into the show. We were just like, yeah. It made it that much more rock and roll. Just right. like, well, that's what I mean. I will always remember that. Yeah, when I, was I in remember. Nine Inch Nails, when I was in Nine Inch Nails, Trent would tackle me every show, like somewhere <laughs> twice a show or once every other show. Like he would always like tackle me. So I, ended up really screwing up my, my knee and my ankles. And I was always injured. Yeah. 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 I, I, and that, that had to have been like kind of a tough decision to leave a band like nine inch nails and to go on your own. I know like I'm reading Huge. Dave Grohl's book right now. And he talks about how when Tom Petty wanted him to join his band, he's like, eh, but you know, I, I kind of want to make my own legacy, you know, so I could either like go the easy way out and just, you know, be the drummer for Tom Petty, or I could just like, you know, go for it and make my own legacy and be, you know, and look, yeah. what, look what it, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a pretty ballsy move back then. Cause you know, I, I had been in nine inch nails for so long, you know, for four years. And to me, that was an eternity because I was so young. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember thinking to myself, I, I either, I have to leave entirely or I have to just, succumb to the situation that I was in, which was just to be a hired gun guitar player that might be creative once in a while, but is pretty much waiting for someone to, to give him the permission to be creative. And not that I have anything against Trent or anything like that, but it was, it was a scenario where it was like, well, if I, if I leave and I get a record contract on my own, then at least I know I tried my, my music, you know, and got out under his his coattails and um and when hey man i shot blew up and you know take a picture blew up and all the records did really well i was i was i was kind of vindicated in the sense that it's 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 hard you know you're leaving something that's massive you know that was on its way to being massive and you know and i you know sometimes I wish I stuck around a little bit longer. Sometimes I wish I left earlier, you know, but yeah. like, you know, I, I don't regret a thing and I've, I've lived, 
an entire amazing life with filter being the number one thing and my music you know mm-hmm. now for film you know the film scores i'm doing so it's it's it was absolutely worth it for me you know was he happy for you or do you think he was kind of like oh screw him or do you, i mean I, I met trying to trilogy. Do you, do you remember trilogy? That club? Do you remember that? <laughs> no, I don't remember <laughs> it a, trilogy. It was a big club in Cleveland, and uh, what some guy from Nothing Records brought Trent with there one night, and I was like, you know, yeah, he was all right. But mm-hmm. uh, was he happy for you? At the time, he he took it kind of personally that I was leaving. You know, like what? You know, my nickname was Piggy. You know, <laughs> and um. The week I left, Brian Leesgang, who was, you know, working on the record Mm -hmm. uh, before he came to filter, he calls me up like the week I left and he goes, Trent is writing a song called Piggy. Piggy, is that what I was going to ask you? Is that where the song came from? And yeah, that's from from my understanding, that's where it came from. And um, I didn't realize it at the time, but the song kind of comes off as like, a love song to a certain extent a friend like your friends leaving and it you know i lost my shit over you and stuff like that and i i didn't listen to the song for 20 years uh because i'll never forget where i was i was literally getting gas at a in akron after i just bought some microphones to go record drums in my in my studio and um in my house in rocky river Mm. and um a car pulled up and it's the a baseline that I had heard before I left. And it was like this swing baseline and Trent. And then all of a sudden he goes, Hey pig. Yeah. You. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm in this remote part of the country. I'm in Akron, Ohio, for God's sakes. And he found me a kid on a car, had a car stereo blaring the speakers blaring. And I heard him, you know, kind of talking to me. Wow. Uh, through his music. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was Nothing wild. Can take the neck yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, that's off the downward spiral, at, right? Yeah. At the time, at the time, you know, we were both like young, like butthurt, like little kids that like, well, I'm going to do my own thing. You know, that, yeah. kind of, that kind of, yeah. You know, just young people being hurt and you know our relationship was so based around like drinking and you know it was it was kind of crazy and and dysfunctional i would say to a certain Mm -hmm. extent yeah so you know i i don't regret a thing i i there are times that i wish like man i wish i wish i could go back on a tour with with nine inch you know there's always that like yeah there's always that man it would be great to see my friends and and hang out and be friends with but the the cool thing is now is that with all this behind us trent and i are actually friends now and uh our kids have played together and you know i text him every once in a while he'll text me and what's up piggy or you know oh really oh that's great Piggy anymore he doesn't call (laughs) you piggy but he calls he hey what's up rich and you know blah 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 you know so we're we're friendly and and cordial and and happy for each other and um, yeah he he paid me a nice uh compliment about hey man i shot a couple months ago he said something really nice about it finally how many years later really finally i get the compliment thanks trent really 
but yeah, but, you know, it was, we were, we were butthurt little kids that were, yeah. you know, kind of mad at each other. And, you know, we were sensitive and mm-hmm. emotional and, you know, and we came off like bitches. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. We came off yeah. like little bitches kind of. I mean, he, he's in recovery as well now too. So I don't know, maybe we could, maybe you guys could have the like uh clean and sober tour, you know, and that'd be yeah. crazy. Uh, who knows? Right. Stranger well, things. I, I would be up for it. You know? Yeah. 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 I, mm-hmm. I, I, I off air will tell you off air. I'm still, it's still the radio chick, you know, off air. Mm-hmm. We're not on air, but he, he hates me. I pissed him off so bad. He was, he was in town and he was at that club and the next morning I was on the air. I guess I am telling the story. Um, the next morning I was on the air and I was like, yeah, Trent Reznor was at the club last night. And, and then um, Tony Ciula, who I don't know if you know, Tony. Was oh, yeah, in I Nothing know Tony. Records. yeah, yeah. He's like, Jen, what did you do? He was in town to go see Marilyn Manson do this show. And he didn't want anybody to know he was in town. And you just told the whole city that he's in town. Now he can't go to the concert. He's being bombarded and he's so pissed. And you totally. Uh, yeah. So he hates me. Right. <laughs> He was that's, so mad at me. I'm <laughs> sure that's temporary. I'm yeah, sure no, I know. No, but it's my claim really to fame. Upset. Like, yeah. yeah, it was my claim to fame in life. Like Trent Reznor hates me. <laughs> I pissed him off. That's my claim to fame. Trent Reznor hates me. So anyway, enough about him. Let's talk about where Trent really. I mean, he his lyric in that one song, Wish I Hate Everyone, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It was a, a point where Trent really pretty much did hate everyone, I think, <laughs> back yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, he, he, he's a very brilliant man, as yeah. are you, as are you. I mean, right. this morning I was working out and I was listening to all your stuff and I was like, dude, man, just even from short bus all the way up, like everything. That's awesome. And I, I forgot like what a huge, huge fan I am of, cool. of, of your music, you know, I know. Uh, even I your that. side projects you know, like with the DeLeo brothers, mm-hmm. uh, that, that project you did was great. Uh, everything. So throughout. Yeah. The DeLeo, um, army of anyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That project in the, that was early, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that was great. Um, so let's talk. This is a, the show is called sober exposure. So mm-hmm. most of the people that listen to this show are in recovery and cool. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about your journey through addiction and sobriety and where it started and how it happened and why are all musicians fucking addicts? No, I'm kidding. Okay, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to shut up. September. I saw that. September 28, 2002. Yeah. So I had tried every combination of trying to quit drinking and I could not stop to save my life. And I finally was on the road and it, it had become so awful that I couldn't perform at the level that I wanted to as a singer. And I was slated to go on the road for like two years and it was going to be this long arduous like tour across the world and i could not see any other way of doing it besides without without drinking and um that was when i realized like this is absolutely a no-go 
And I started getting to a place of like, maybe I'll just kill myself or maybe I'll just jump from a building. And I remember looking at buildings and, and being like, well, if I got up that fire escape and I climbed up to that part and I climbed over and then maybe I could jump and, but would I hit the grass or would I hit the cement? Because if I hit the grass, I might just severely injure myself. And I was having these debates in my head. And I just realized, I was like, this is just not a normal way to live. And I had to literally stop everything. And I just called up the bandmates. I, I called up everybody that was in my life. And I said, I'm going to rehab and I have no plans for the next like year because I, I don't know what to do. And I, I have no idea how, how long it's going to take me to get sober. And then I, I, I canceled the tour. And I um, pissed off everybody in my band. You know, everybody was furious because they were all going, they were, you know, going to be going on the road for two and a half years making a living. Mm -hmm. And um, so I infuriated everybody in my life, except for like my parents who were like, thank God you're finally doing something about your alcoholism. And it was so... Like, it was so relieving that, like, everybody knew. And it was disturbing that, like, everybody knew. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the one thing about being an alcoholic that really is disturbing is that alcoholics are the last ones to know. No, they're alcoholics. Yeah. yeah. They're the last ones to actually physically like mentally make the connection that yes they are addicts and they have to do something and so when i went into rehab i went to promises mm -hmm. and i am not a spiritual person i'm an atheist and i'm i i'm someone that needs uh, facts and logic and research and you know proof that like you know something exists mm -hmm. and um there was someone there at rehab his name was chris chris cornell and when i kind of came to at the at the rehab like i was like holy shit chris cornell from rehab you know from soundgarden and he was like i'm in here too we gotta we gotta stay sober we gotta try this thing we gotta try and he he had like 10 days and I had like a few days, I had a couple days and I found out that the program was a 12 step program and it was all this God that I considered. <laughs> yeah. All this stuff that I considered to be like, you know, like I'm a vampire, <laughs> you know, don't talk <laughs> to me about God, you know? And, um, I was going to walk out and Chris goes, dude, if you leave, you will never fucking come back. And he's like, and he's like, and you will, and you will probably end up dead. And from what you've told me, Rich, you know, and he said, this is the best deal in town. He said, Rich, this is the best deal in town. So I, I just sat there and, and, and listened and listened. And that's when I started to make like, like I started to make the connection that like, it's not really, about God. It's not really about, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a higher power to your understanding. Mm 
You know what I mean? Which is a lot more open. And, you know, like, for instance, I envision my disease as like a boulder. It's like a huge boulder. Mm -hmm. So how do I stay sober and move this boulder out of the way in my life? Well, if I get 10 drunks that have been sober with me, you know, or who are sober before me, I can get that group of drunks, group of drunks, G-O-D. I can get that group of drunks to help me move this boulder and I can be free of this, this pain. And so I, it's the fellowship of, of Alcoholics Anonymous that propels me to be, that's my higher power is, is the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's the other people in the program that I can call at any moment in time and just be like, yo, I feel bad. How do I feel better? Mm -hmm. You know, well, let's go to a meeting or let's, you know, let's read from the book or let's, you know, let's talk, you know, get it off your chest, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of pressure in life, just, just releasing that pressure to another, but it has to be another alcoholic. It has to be another, yeah, it, or yeah, drug I, you know, it, 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 it can't, it can't, it like therapy, like falls short because they're, they're really, they're smart and they're educated. But if they're not truly an addict with me, if they're not like someone that suffers from addiction, I can't really feel, I don't really feel, and this is just me, but I, I don't feel like it's the same thing. Like I have to have someone that's been in the dirt, you know? Yeah. Nobody can understand the shame of an alcoholic and addict, yeah. except for an alcoholic and an addict. Yeah. Nobody uh, can understand how it feels to get naked in an airplane. <laughs> Hence the song, take, uh, take, take my picture. picture, right? Yeah. Oh, life hands you lemons. Yeah, that's right. Make that's lemonade. <laughs> that propelled yeah. me through that, you know. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. And I've been, you're talking to someone that's been, uh, I've been in rehab 40 times, okay? So, and I'm not exaggerating, yeah. all right? Wow. Like, dude, I am not a, a one white chipper, okay? So, like, you, you're lucky, and- mm -hmm. God bless you for being able to go in there one time and get it. Cause I, I, that's not my story. Um, yeah, no. And, and, and it doesn't all. have to be, it yeah. doesn't have to be right. We don't have to yeah. have the same story. It's whatever way we, as long as we got it today and right now. It, exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not where Chris is. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, no, you know? that's yeah. So, so when imagine the guy that saved me, ends up killing himself, you know, uh, and, he, and, he, and, and I saw the show that he played. He was definitely on something. There really? Was, there was no question in my mind. He was definitely on something. Um, the, the night of the show in Detroit, in Detroit. Yeah. And Richard, I, 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 right after that happened, I, I read a quote or something that, that you, you had said and that, that he saved your life. And yeah. I, I had read how torn up you were about that. And that's when I learned that you were in treatment with him uh, right after that. And I, I am so sorry. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, I know it's been years, but that is something you're never going to get over. No. Um, and they did try and play it off like he, he wasn't high and that it was just, you know, mm -mm. Which, which brings me to something else, which is addiction and mental illness, because. Mm. You know, after you put the drugs and alcohol down, you know, 
it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we addicts are, are we, are we using because we're trying to cover up mental illness and our pain or is it like, wh- which came first? Because a lot of times for me, I am self-medicating my ADHD, which I, I have a feeling you, 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 you struggle with as well. And, um, my severe depression and, and all of that shit, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, mental illness with, with addiction. That's, that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. chronic relapse is so prominent, mm-hmm. you know? So how, how did you handle that? I mean, I, m- the thing with going to rehab and the thing with, with sobriety, my main thing was that like when I walked into to rehab and I realized everything that I had just lost, I mean, I'd lost so much with, with, with filter and everything. And I just, I said, take a good look around. Cause this is the first and last time you're going to be in one of these institutions, you know, in this scenario. And I just believed that I could do it. I believed in myself. You have to have a little faith in yourself, you, you know? Um, but you, you also have to know that like, as bad as it is, as bad as life is, it's still way better than the alternative. And what's the alternative? Not existing. In, in, in my mind, there is no afterlife. There's the minute the blood stops flowing in, inside your brain, it, it's gone. You're this, the whatever, the spirit, the whatever. It's, it's a very bleak outcome. And so I have to... I have to cherish even the worst days of my life. I have to like be thankful that I can experience, you know, emotionally, you know, the human brain is so big. And the reason why babies are born very premature, like as compared to other animals, like, you know, if you're a giraffe, you're, you're, you have to walk in, you know, 20 minutes after being born, you know, like you, like mm-hmm. they're, they come out, they're kind of done, but yes. human beings, the reason why our brains are so massive is because we carry emotion. Mm-hmm. And what I always thought was interesting was that the, the byproduct of being so emotional is the brains. It's the smarts, it's the intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I always thought it was the other way around that we were intelligent and the emotional part was, was the reason why like was leftover stuff from when we're no, the emotion is why like we are so successful. Cause if, if, you know, a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand years ago, if Sally fell into the river, Holy, you know, Holy shit, we gotta, we gotta save Sally. Like that herd mentality of that, that like save each other kind of warm, you know, love, you know, for lack of a better word, love is what binds us together and, and keeps us, you know, that's why we love our kids. And that's why we, we need each other. Even, even the most, you know, stubborn old, you know, son of a bitch needs someone in his life, you know, like Mm -hmm. needs someone to, to be there and to reflect, you know, on life with, you know, and so I, I, I focus on that and, um, 
I I regularly go to meetings still to this day. I was going to ask you that still. Yeah. You still go to meetings. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 what I have to do to feel comfortable and to feel happy in life is 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 just check in with some alcoholics and and make sure I'm not full of shit. Yeah. Make sure I'm 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 dialed into my recovery. You know, and I've met some amazing people in recovery and um, the stories are just insane. Like, the, yeah. like, uh, you know, um, I'm sure you've heard a few, but like, you know, just the fact that these people are alive gives me so much hope after some yeah. of the stories they've shared with me. And, uh, you know, so it's. Yeah, it's it, it's and the it's other, a miracle that I, when you were talking about death and and the afterlife and uh, you know what happens and how you believe there's nothing and I always I like to believe there's something but the thing sure. is is I died I did I died and there was nothing mm. there was nothing I mean so um I I am a true miracle that I'm alive yeah. I overdosed I overdosed I was freaking dead that was it you know the, wow. the person that's sitting across from me right now my producer he he brought me back to life gee uh really? yeah yeah that's amazing yeah let's see that's it's, the thing you you've you get to find out what you know the James Hubble Space Telescope will you know find out in in, in three months you know like You'll be able to see the next Star Wars. You'll be able to see the next sunset. You'll be able to see the next, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. I, all the little things in life, you know, whether or not it's a great seeing a great piece of music, you know, or a yeah. great piece of art or, yeah. you know, we're only on this little ball one time, you know, and the, the, the last, you know, 10 years don't seem to be too awesome, but you know, there's, you know, there's, you still got to get out there and rock and, and, and do your thing and and life is we live in a very very crazy time right now yes we do <laughs> where truth is just obliviated you know by <laughs> news organizations you know just yeah. entire news organizations that are just lying you know? i know i mean about about really stupid shit like richard i know and i know you're political you know, i know i know you're like and I, I just don't want to I don't want to scare anybody off. I don't want to go. I, I, I agree with your politics. Yeah. I just can't go there because I don't want to, no, you know, no, I, I, but it's a, it's a fucking crazy time. Crazy. It's, time. A, it's an amazingly crazy time. Yeah. And yeah, I kind of have to stick around to see what's happening. You know, that's yeah. another reason. Like what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, what is this? What is the, the season finale of America going to look like? You know, yeah. is it going to is it going to come out OK or is it going to be. Right. And we we need you to stay. We yeah, need we, democracy, you know. Yeah. I mean, I find it's a responsibility for for me on a daily basis to stay on the beam because I feel that the world needs my voice out there, yeah. really. You know, the world yeah. needs your voice. Well, so the, the here's the other thing that keeps me sober. I have received thousands and thousands of messages from alcoholics in need that reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram 
And it has happened so many times where literally someone's like, how did you do it? And I'm, mm-hmm. I went to rehab and I went to AA meetings. Not that everybody has to know that's what we do, but like, that's like, that's what I did. I went to meetings and I, and I listened when I didn't want to hear it. And I, I hung out with people that were sober a lot longer than me. So I could understand how they're doing it. And I, I, I took it all in and I give them that my story, just my basic story. And I'll get these messages. Like there was a VIP person that came back that bought VIP tickets to the, to the show. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he goes, do you remember writing this? And he holds up his phone and it's me saying, do the work, you know, just go to meetings, find someone who's sober and, you know, and, and fake it till you make it. And, you know, just all the, all the, the normal advice that you would give someone, not that it's advice. It's just how I got stayed sober. And he's like, do you remember saying this? He's like, Richard, I've been sober for two or three years now, you know, or I've been sober for ever since you told me to like, get my shit together. And that is a massive reason why I'm, I'm still sober because all of these people are going to hear people are right now going to hear this story and they're going to say, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it. And believe me, I was a waking up at seven in the morning, shaking like a, 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 a shaking like a leaf and needed booze the moment I woke up to get through the day and would binge and get into tons of trouble. I, I was almost arrested like so many times and the cops let me off because they were just like they were filter fans or something yeah and there's been so many countless times where you know i've done stupid shit and believe me like if i can get sober you can too anybody can get sober that's that's that was my motto i used to say to myself hey listen if stevie nicks can get sober i can get sober (laughs) you know yeah i mean and, and it's true if if it, it, just, it, it once you it, identify once you identify you and this is why they say that people in alcoholics anonymous are have uh high iqs because once you absolutely uh, acknowledge that you are an addict your chances of survival go up a thousand percent you know yeah. just just from knowing that like okay i have this disease and i've got to treat it as such then and and what's the treatment? Read this book, go to some meetings, talk to an alcoholic. But number one, don't use. Don't right. use drugs, don't use alcohol, don't do anything. And and just stay sober day by day and take it one day at a time. And it's it's and and there's someone right now that is watching this that's gonna come up to me or write me on Facebook or write me on Instagram, which I always try and answer. They're gonna say, I saw you today and I'm I'm, I'm giving it a shot. I'm going to try and be sober. There's, there's a band that reached out to me. They want to work with me. And like, they're like, but we're all a bunch of alcoholics. How can we work with you? And I said, get sober. And I'll- yeah, right. You want to work with me? Exactly. Get sober. Right. I did. I did the, the, the alcoholic binging, you know, for like only four or five years in my life. Like the really bad years was it was only three or four years. Mm-hmm. was really bad and that was enough for me to kick the shit out of it and 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 now i've been sober for t- almost 20 years 
you know you've been sober longer than yeah yeah way longer than your and I using use, career you're yeah. a, you're a fast learner i'm a slow learner you know and and it, it comes down to gratitude and helping others really yeah. you know at least for me like yeah. when i lose my gratitude that's when i'm screwed absolutely when i'm looking at everybody else compare, and everyone else has it better yeah compare and despair i like that compare, compare and, despair. and despair why is that guy living in my house why is that guy driving my Tesla? You know, like, yeah. why is that? Why is that guy have, you know, better clothes than me? Why? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you can't, you can't live in that world. Can't yep. you have to literally just, you know, you, you wake up and you, and you, and you, and you take to stock, you know, it was, it was while my, my kids and my wife left to go to Minnesota to visit my parents in laws and mm -hmm. they were gone for like a week. And I thought I was going to be like, this is my house. It's a bachelor pad. You know, I'm going <laughs> to watch TV as late as I want. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to, I'm going to eat what I want. And I do what I want. And no one's going to tell me what to do. And, uh, you know, the minute they were gone, it was like, so what are you guys doing? Are you at the airport still? Like, but, you, know, like, <laughs> you I could say, right. I can't survive one minute without those guys. And that's so, so, yeah. So yeah, I was going to ask you about fatherhood and how yeah. that's changed you. And I think your son is around my son's age. Uh, my son is going to be 17. I think your son is what, like 14? Oh, no, he's, no, he's, he's uh, 12. Okay. Okay. He's much so, younger. Yeah, he's pretty young. Okay. Yeah. My right. son and my daughter's 13. Yeah. And she's going to be 14 in a couple, in a, in a month. And, um, it's, it's wild. It's, I never, well, the, the, the best thing that I can say for my, my situation is that they've never seen drunk daddy. They've never seen the nightmare that was my life. So I'm, that's, gratitude right there they 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 know me as someone who gets hot tempered or you know a little bit more sad than everybody a, a little bit more i mean my adhd is off the charts like mm. they tried to test me for that and the beaker exploded <laughs> like yeah um but um i cherish their and and they're such good kids they're 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 straight a students and they're super smart and they're funny. And, and, you know, my daughter's a little voiceover actor. Oh, really? And, uh, wow. Yeah. And my son loves video games. He's like, so does mine. And, and my son is, is, uh, a, a slender kind of, um, he's not like a couch potato, you know what I mean? And if, mm -hmm. it, but he doesn't, he doesn't like sports. And he just likes video games. And yeah, he's like my son. He's a mini. Well, he looks just like you. I, I saw a picture of him. Yeah, he's he's the spitting image of me. Yes. To, to a certain extent. Um, but he is a straight A student and he's brilliant and he's smart. And it's just like. Here's your massive TV. Like we just got him. We just got him a Sony, you know, um, PlayStation that are super hard to find. The Yeah the the p5s or whatever yeah yeah. Could, yeah um i play xbox so Do you, yeah, yeah. But, listen richard i i have a gamer i i'm gonna be can't like my son is on his way to uh he's on his way to um a, a program on tuesday for video game addiction really 
Yeah. Oh. He's not into drugs. He's not into alcohol, nothing because, because he's so again, like he's against drugs and alcohol because everything he, right. my son, not, unlike your kids, my son, he grew up with, he, he saw a lot of bad shit, uh-huh. you know, right. I, yeah. like I, Right. Um, so he, but he's got all the addictive personalities. He really? is, he is such a gamer and I can't get him to do anything. <clears throat> so goodbye. Yeah. That's he's gonna be 17 years old. He's got to get off the video games and yeah. he's six, two. I can only do so much. It's like, you know, I wish my parents would have sent me to rehab when I was going to be 17. Cause I needed it. Believe me. I was at Beachwood high school, freaking doing everything in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll definitely keep an eye on my son. Um, but you know, right now he's, he's batting a thousand. Yeah. I didn't mean to say, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. Believe My wife is the task master. She is someone that like keeps an eye on everything, but like he's, he's, we just said he's doing great in school. I mean, my son never did well in school. He's crushing it in school. Yeah. So, I mean, I have nothing to kind of, I mean, I, (laughs) I actually force him to play football with me once in a while. I'm like, come on. I, I, I'm like, come on, I need to stay in shape too. So let's go out and play some football. And I'm not a jock, but it's yeah. fun to throw the football around and stuff like that. I make sure he gets outside. And Does he take to uh, music at all? Do you think he's going to be a musician? Both kids do not care about really music. Yeah. They do not want to learn guitar. They do not want to, I have a piano in the house. Like they do not give a shit about music. Wow. Like my, my daughter loves listening to music. Uh-huh. She's a good singer. Both of them are good singers, mm-hmm. but like they don't want to sing. Like they don't care. Isn't that funny? Probably because their dad, you know, like my, okay. So this is how my son is. My son does play guitar, but mm-hmm. he doesn't care about meeting rock stars or anything because I was in radio and they, mm-hmm. he, he was around that. And I was interviewing them for, forever. I was like, Hey, listen, I'm going to be interviewing Richard Patrick. Do you want to come in and say hi? He's like, no, you know, cause yeah. and, you know, no offense, but he doesn't give a shit that. because he grew up with, with that, you know? So he doesn't give a yeah. shit. They probably don't care about it because yeah. That's what their dad does. You know, I don't my dad sold furniture. I don't give a shit about furniture. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it's, it's funny. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, Oh, he they are just not musical people. You know, they took after their mother in that respect. I mean, my my wife is like aware that like I make music for a living. She understands, you know, what it takes to to be in a band. She understands you have to go on the road for long periods of time. She understands that you got to like, you know, take care of yourself and you got to, you know, warm up your voice and and you have to write and you have to be in a studio all the time. But like she, you know, is is not. She's a fan, though. She's she, you know, whenever we play Los Angeles, she's right there. So, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So you're writing uh, you guys in the studio right now. I you just signed with a new label, right? Yeah, we signed with Golden Robot. And mm-hmm. um we have like i would say i would say i have like 20 songs but i don't i'm trying to narrow it down to like how do i want to release it do i want to release it as an lp do i want to release it as an ep do i want to release just singles Hmm. i mean because that's kind of where the world is just releasing one track at a time kind of thing and um 
Yeah. In this day and yeah. age, it's so like, I'm so out of, I don't even know anymore. Like I just Spotify, like, I, I don't know. I go to Spotify yeah. and I, I, when I was listening to, to your band today, I just put in filter and then all the filter songs come out, yeah. you know, just kind of randomly plays whatever. Yeah. 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 So I guess if you had new music out, the new song would come out, I guess. I don't know. It, it kind of, you kind of have to look for it sometimes. Like I have the, the song America and thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Thoughts. Of, okay. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers is like, it'll show up. If you hit filter, it'll be up at the top yeah because yeah it, it's sought after but um it, it depends on streaming man you know? i think it's so freaking sad like i mean yeah. i hate to sound like an old lady but come on remember the old days like yeah waiting for your favorite band's album to come out and looking at the the vinyl and looking yeah. at the artwork and i mean YouTube, that's what being a music fan is all about u2's joshua tree oh yeah was not out yet, but they were releasing singles and little like EP, like EPs for each. Yeah. And the song, came, you know, each single and like it waited, we waited and waited and waited. And finally we got the record and we were like, you know, happy, but like, yeah, it's a different. And it was, you know, maybe you'd see something on MTV about like, you know, maybe you'd see the making of something or you'd see you you'd hear them on the radio and it was so far few and far between yeah like you weren't being bombarded like like now you're literally being bombarded like mm -hmm. if we release something we have to like do ads for it so that people know that we're, we're releasing like back in the old days like it would just come out and like people would find it yeah, it would. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean, that's what going viral was, you know, like back for us in the 90s. Hey, man, nice shot was on the Demon Knight soundtrack. It was the 11th song on the Demon Knight soundtrack. And a DJ. Was told, please, he was begged by the A&R guy, please play something from this record. And he put it on as he was doing commercials. He was working on like in the studio. Yeah. And it ticked down all the way to, you know, past Pantera, past ministry, past everybody. And it got to filter and he listened and he was like, wow, that's cool. And so he made a cart and stuck it in the radio and played it for people as they were leaving clubs. And this is in Colorado Springs. Oh and, gosh. Small market. Yeah. Yeah. And the phones lit up. Who was that? Who was that? Who was that? And a couple of weeks later, more stations were playing it in two or three weeks after that 40, 40 stations were playing it, then 60, then 300, then, and it literally was, and, and they, the record company was like, we didn't know it was going to do this. We didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't, they didn't see it as a, such a big hit, big hit off the, well, yeah. They were just happy that it was happening, but they were like, what, you've got to finish the record. So we went in to the studio with Ben Gross and finished the album as quickly as we possibly could. Vince Neal's his solo project got moved out of the way so that filter could be the main release. And Vince actually talked to my brother, Robert about it. Like, yeah, I had to make room for, for filter. You're a little, <laughs> you know, and, and my brother, Robert's like, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. That's good. <laughs> you know? You're so if, if you guys are, uh, Richard's brother was terminator too. He was the, uh, the mean terminator. 
the liquid metal cop in Terminator 2. He's done a ton of movies since then, too. Yeah, he has. But that like that's what everybody, I guess. No, but yeah, yeah I mean, he's like, yeah, he is like, let's do you guys have sort of like I always wondered if you guys have like um, a healthy competition. And it's interesting, like what were your parents like? that you both turned out in the arts like that. Did they push the arts and how, how no. were, were you into acting or like, my how dad, did this happen? And you're from Cleveland. Well, I know you guys weren't born in Cleveland, but my, you guys aren't even from California. Like my dad would have loved to have had my kids book, smart, super geeks. great in school, chill. Yeah. Not spastic, not, okay. <laughs> not, not artistic. Right. Right. My mom and my dad were like, you know, you want to be an actor, go be an actor. Like we have no support skills to help you be an actor. We have no, like in, in, in LA I'm pushing like my kids, like get into acting, get into, cause you're in LA and we're, we're in the business. So like, yeah. you have connections. Like you can, you can do this. You can like, my daughter's a voiceover actor. Yeah. You know, we can, we can record you and you can make a little bit of money and put it away for college and blah, 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 blah. And um, so she's like begrudgingly like, okay, I'll, I'll be a voice of a voice. Yeah. Yeah. But um, kids would kill for that. And they're like, yeah. it's just like, uh, no, <laughs> that's Robert, funny. Robert and I had to literally figure out how to like, like, you know, uh, you know, my brother's the Terminator. I go into a keyboard store and the guy selling me a keyboard is Trent Reznor. You know, I, I come from this kind of blessed, you know, situation, you know, uh, you know, in my life. But, um, yeah, Robert, he literally had to just he got on his in his car and drove out to L.A. And that's how it happened huh? and did everything he possibly could to, like, get discovered. And he was discovered, you know, and he was found, you know, by yeah. Cameron. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he 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 definitely. Is a, I, I remember having a conversation with him, and him being very proud of you, and being yeah, a, a, he's, and th that was after, right after all of his success with the because the Terminator was quite a few years before yeah. Short Bus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, absolutely. You know, he was right there with in Nine Inch Nails. Like he was, he was had a little Nine Inch Nails pin on his on his headshot for his his. You know, he would wear a little nine inch nails pin on his jacket for all the interviews for um, Terminator two. So when Terminator two came out, I was going on Lollapalooza with Trent and for pretty hate machine. Was that pretty hate machine? It was around that era, but it was the first Lollapalooza. It was the first Lollapalooza. And, um, you know, it was wild. Like I was like, my brother was, he goes, he goes, Rich, I got to worry about paparazzi now. And I'm like, paparazzi, what's that? You know, and Trent's like, dude, you don't know what pap paparazzi is? And I'm like, no, what is that? And he's like, it's the guys with the cameras, you know, oh, it's press. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I guess. Like, you know, oh, was telling me all this stuff. And Trent's like, you know, he's like, Piggy, put your guitar on. Let's play. Let's, you know, like get off the phone. Let's work. You know, where Piggy caught. Why? Why Piggy? Do you know why? What? Yeah, I, I had seen Skinny Puppy in Columbus, Ohio, and I was imitating Ogre at band practice the following day. 
or the like the following like the following week and i was like white piggy rotting your flesh again you know because neither gogers things like that you know he's yeah. this crazy voice and trent's like shut up piggy put your guitar on let's play you know <laughs> piggy i like that and i'm like okay there it is and like he he he's, he told the crew to call me piggy oh my god so marco just is like so call him piggy from now on and and marco's like piggy all right and so like the next day we were going to philadelphia and uh, mark's marco's like hey piggy are you ready and i'm like you know it you know wow. like, i accepted it 100 i loved it it was my it was my character on stage it was my like yeah it was my excuse to be crazy i mean i can't even imagine what it'd be like to be on friggin' tour with 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 nine inch and you, you actually you played on i think you played on a uh, couple songs on pretty hate machine right one i played us like a guitar sound like a droney guitar sound in between in between two songs something i can never have and say oh i love that song yeah something i can never have oh my god i love that song yeah i spent a lot of drunk nights at four in the morning listening to that song I, you may oh god i was begging trent like please put me on the record somewhere i want to be on the record i want to participate on in in the records and he was like He's like, sure, I get, do this drone thing in between, like make some noise in between these two songs. I was like, okay, and then did it. <laughs> yeah, okay, make it. So That's so I, funny. I, I made, Shit, man. I, I made a ton of guitar feedback, and he like found a section that he liked, and he put this this feedback here, like the beginning of the feedback here on this song, and then the ending of it on something I could never have, and it was cool. And I was, God, what and I was you, I, both you guys. I, I mean, I was, I was very grateful. I was like, thank you for letting me participate. Cause that, yeah. that was his turf, you know, you know, back to filter. And then we're going to wrap this up. But two things I just wanted to, first of all, when Hey Man, Nice Shot came out, do you know, I had to friggin' like everybody was, that song's about Kurt Cobain. Yes. That song's about like, I had to, I had to totally do so much research because I didn't know. And then I did a lot of research and I, I think I even called. I thought at the time for, I thought you were on nothing records and you weren't, no. No. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no. I did a lot of research and it was about a political um, activist that shot himself and yeah, all that. I didn't want anything to come out about the song, but when, when literally DJs in, in, in uh, Seattle, we're saying we know this is about Kurt Cobain. We know this is about Kurt, which is a total lie because the song was the song was written in '91. After I got done touring in Nine Inch Nails, I went to my parents' vacation house in Sunset Beach, in North Carolina, and I wrote "Hey Man, Nice Shot" the music and and the lyrics of the the year of 1991. And Kurt killed himself in '94, yeah, or something, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was already signed. I I gotten a record contract because of Hey Man, Nice Shot. So it, but people were co constantly saying that it was about Kurt Cobain, and it wasn't. Absolutely was not. And um, then it came out the truth was that it was about Arba Dwyer. Yes, uh, the state uh, treasurer. It was inspired by you know this crazy act of suicide that he this that he you know he inflicted on himself at a news conference and um yeah that's that's where the the basic idea of the song came from 
I'm so and glad that, that I, that, you know, this, this, for some reason that resonates so hard with so many people. They're just like, Whoa, dude, this is about that thing that, man, you know, this guy, the guy stayed. And I, and I felt terrible when like members of his family were, you know, kind of like talk to our label, like, why is he doing this? Why is he bringing this up? And they were like, he held a press conference. Yeah. He did this and it yeah. affected this young artist and this young artist wrote a song about it. And, and what are you going to do? You know, there's songs about suicide all over the place and it, it's not, it's not in any way glorifying it. It's just trying to understand it. It's, it's well, my brain. Yeah. It's a pretty incredible thing that. Yeah. How, how could you really be able to do something that tragic and that horrifying and do that how how does one end up doing that and that's what the song's about yeah it's it's, it's incredible yeah mm-hmm. um and this is another hilarious thing i think you're going to appreciate this story so um obviously huge hit um i i used to do this thing called the high five where like the five most requested songs of the day and everything and the program director at the time was a guy in a suit, you know, and music was changing and he, he would, he would turn to us about what to play because he didn't know what the fuck to play. I mean, he was like an old guy in a suit. And so we're like, you know, we loved, we loved filter. We loved the nails. We love all, you know, we're like, you know, this, I'm like, dude, this is what's coming up on my high five. Everyone loves this. Hey man, nice shot song. You got to add this record. You got to add it. This is what everyone wants to hear. And so here's, one, you know, and he's hearing this. I wish I would have met you. And this guy in the suit just like he's like rolling his eyes, like you're like I can't play this. I can't play this. And we're just like laughing our asses off because he was so scared to add that record. Yeah. Obviously, we added it. It was a huge hit. And but yeah. I mean, you, you should have seen these program oh, directors' faces. Yeah. No, that <laughs> it's it was wild. And then, and then to do that with like, welcome to the fold and like that. Oh God. Yeah. Dose. But DJs were falling over themselves trying to get, take a picture on the air. So welcome to the fold got like pushed aside and DJs just started playing, take a picture. Yeah. That was such an obvious radio song. Oh my God. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's like, that screams hit, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's like screams hit record. That's a no brainer there, but that's like, that could be an AC record. That one. Yeah. Well, that's the, that, and they're in like (laughs) the rub because a lot of my heavy metal fans. Yeah. They were like, Oh, you sold out dude. Right. I guess they, 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 they said, well, they said like filters gay now, (laughs) you know, what the fuck? But that's right. That's like when Metallica put out the black album and all the Metallica fans are like, fuck you. Right. But, but I came from the world of Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, Soundgarden, Deftones. You know, uh, that was my world. Like, of course, I'm going to do something that's different sounding, you know, that that's an alternative to like just being yeah. a cookie cutter heavy band, you know. And uh, yeah. I thought it was a no brainer. And like the record company was at the time, they were like, this is a departure. <laughs> this is a big departure and i'm like is it like because yeah. yeah. i had done some mellow stuff on short bus stuck in here and so cool mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. They were like very, real kind of acoustic, you know, trip. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, that uh, take a picture was, it was the heaviest song in the world to me because it was a hundred percent about how out of control my life had gotten on drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And it, it, it was the heaviest subject matter that I could think of in terms of just weighty, heady, super, you know, intense self, you know, self-interpretation, autobiographical, um, you know, just soul searching lyrically. And, um, and then the music was like, the music was like the drug. Yeah. And the, the vocals were all about, um, sorry, shit. This is a director. I got to go. All right, go ahead. Just one line. I'm going to let you go. Hey, dad, what do you think of your son now? That line, every time I hear it makes me cry. I I, I literally want to cry. It's just so deep. I don't know why that, that, that line hits me so hard. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the, the realization was that the the damage I was doing. Could you, could you take my picture? Cause I won't remember. Yeah. Is, is one is one thing right there. It's the it's the it's the it's like that movie Memento. It's like the guy the, who tattoos shit all over his body because he, he has no memory. Mm. But you ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Guy Pierce? No. Um, but that's what that was all about. Like, I can't remember anything. I'm doing shit all the time and I can't remember anything because I'm drunk all the time. Yeah. And. um you know, Hey dad, what do you think about your son now was inspired by like the fact that, you know, one minute I'm getting a platinum record and the next minute I'm in jail for something, you know, being stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so to me, take a picture was like the heavy, like, but it was because it was so, you know, grand and glossy and glorious. And that's what drugs made me feel. They made me feel like the music of take a picture, but the lyrics were the, the kind of the, the reflection of what was happening and trying to take, you know, trying to um, understand it. And the song completely moves my soul. <laughs> I got to tell you, I mean, cool. it does probably because I'm, I'm an addict too, you know, I don't know, right. or it's just a great song. Um, that song really. And the other thing me. that the other thing that people should know is, is that I've actually put out four more records since then. And there are just as many amazing songs on those records. It's just because filter wasn't, we didn't, you know, we're, we're not, we're not little pump, you know, like people, you don't get the same treatment when your genre of music, rock music is kind of in, in a place of it's, it's kind of dead. I was just going to ask you, is rock and roll dead and why? Uh, anything with a guitar seems to be why? gone. I just think that it's the kids of today kind of, um, they're into hip hop. Hip hop is the new punk. Yeah. Hip hop is the new, like, especially this, this kid named Scarlord. I absolutely adore this guy. This he's in most amazing screamer. He's like this insane scream. Really, Scarlord? Do we know Scarlord? Scar-Lord? My my producer's kind of hip, so my look my up, son might know. Look him up he, on YouTube. That I will. I will. Like, Let me. 
just one more thing I want to say about the rock and roll thing. Cause I, 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 you know, I have a 16 year old who's going to be 17 and he likes hip hop. He likes rock. He likes everything, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what is coming back. And it's, uh, I I just can't get it. And I'm a rocker. I'd like, I feel like how my mother was like, Oh, I can't stand. You know how my mother was like, I can't handle that music. Mm -hmm. He, he friggin' likes the death metal. And I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> He's like with the scream, like Rah! he's listening to freaking death metal. I'm like, it, what? It's it's something that was not yours. It's yeah. not yours. I, mean, I try. Mean? Listen, I want to be open minded. I sit there in the car with him. I listen to it and I try all these like bands from sweet. Like I try when uh, he daughter, loves progressive metal, dream theater, all that. I get it. But I, yeah, I my daughter was listening to Billie Eilish and I'm like, oh my God, Billie Eilish, this is great. And she was, kind of, I like her. <laughs> she was kind of like, Oh, you, you like it. Oh, okay. You forget know, it now. <laughs> you could kind of tell that like, that was supposed to be mine, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm like, well, I gave you David Bowie, you know, like you can have David Bowie and you can have, <laughs> and I can have Billie Eilish. So there you go. That's funny. Oh my God. That's so funny. But like, you know, I, it's anything with the guitar seems to really be just, not cool and it's sad because the guitar is really fun to play such a great instrument yes it's a great instrument richard i can't even tell you how grateful i am to have had you on sober exposure you're just you're so incredible i was hoping it would thank go incredible and it went even better than i ever could have expected in a million years thank you and oh, thank you so much i want us to stay in touch and yeah i can't wait for the I, well, you can't say for the new album to come out because it's not an album for the new material. And there's new material coming out this year for sure. OK, no, uh, I'm 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 psyched because it's it's some of the best stuff I've done in a long time. I don't know if it's going to go viral and be on all the radio stations because that's just the the a weird world right now. Like, yeah, yeah. Drake. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have it on my TikTok. OK, so yeah. that's all. You know what I mean? You, yeah, you have to be Drake or something. You you, you got to be, you know, but um, yeah, I um, I, I worked with a young person by the name of Sam Tenez. He's amazing. He's I've got some uh, he's working collaborating on the record with me. I've got a lot of great people. I've worked with a young guitar player by the name of Zach Monowitz. And uh, he's just some kid I found on Instagram. And I was like, really? That's how you did it? Yeah. How psyched was he? (laughs) He he kind of was like, what? I'm like, let's do something. And he was like, you mean like, I'm like, you send me music and I will sing over it and put it together and put drums around it and, and put guitars around it. And like, and he's this amazing guitar player. Oh my God. That's so cool that you did that too. You know, I mean, that's so cool that you did that. And at at first I was kind of like, so I'm in this band called filter and we do music and I have a a bunch of hit songs from like the nineties and, and and, and (laughs) recently a cover that I did called happy together. And anyways, would you like to play guitar, you know, play some of the guitar on, on this record? And he was like, God, I can't believe like, like out of nowhere, the guy from filter, you know, it was, it, I was kind of like, at first I was like, all right, do you know who I am? Or do you want me? Did he know? Did he know? Yeah, he knew. So he, do. yeah. he did. He did. Yeah. I know who filter is. Oh man. We need more Richard Patrick's out there. We need more people doing shit like that, man. You know, I mean, well, he's, he's, and he's wrote four songs on the record and he's amazing. He's, he's an amazing guitar player and he's taking it to a new direction. 
So, wow. Yeah. And that's how you're going to stay relevant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. just, it's, you know what? At the end of the day, as long as I'm making music and getting to tour the world and do what and do work on movies and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm as happy as hell. I live in a, I live in a studio with flashing lights, <laughs> I see that. you know, and, and synthesizers and guitars everywhere. And I I'm in this little box for like, you know, five hours a day. And then I go home to my wife and kids and they have no idea what I'm doing in here. You know, they, they're happy that they'll hear a new music and comment on it. But like, you know, they're just happy. I, I'm at the house for five hours and then I come <laughs> home and I'm ADHD on them. So, you know, awesome, but they're man. my, they're my family and I love them with everything I got. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful life. It really it is. It's a wonderful life. And I've had the best time I was, you know, Trent and I are friends. I've had no regrets from what I did when I left when I was a kid. I've worked with some amazing people, Brian Lee Skang, Gino Leonardo, Matt, uh, Zach Monowitz, um, Matt Walker, you know, just a laundry list of just amazing people that I've worked with over the past, you know, 30 years. And I won't trade a thing. I I wouldn't change a thing. So. Mm. Keep on keeping on, Richard. Keep on keeping on, you know. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. An honor. Sober exposure. Jennifer Wild with Richard Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Right on. Need more? Of course you do. The show's all about needing more. Go to my website at soberexposure.show or get stuck on my Instagram at soberexposure underscore podcast.